The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 26th ever show of All Around Sports. For each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. Well, as always, it was another wild week in sports during one of the best sports weeks of the year. And as usual, I would discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news, as well as review the events of the week that I attended. And this week, I went to Boston Bruins Media Day on Tuesday and the Sports Business Journal IMG Sports Marketing Symposium in New York City on Wednesday. So let's get right to it, and my highlight of the week was last night's upset by the Detroit Tigers over the New York Yankees at the stadium. It just goes to show that anything can happen in a one-game winner-take-all, no matter where it's played, and certainly worth keeping in mind as we watch tonight's two-game fives with the home team's heavily favored. That, of course, is the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Phillies are playing the Cardinals. The Brewers are playing the Diamondbacks. And the Phillies and Brewers are heavy favorites as the home teams. So, uh, uh, what a great what a great way to spend a Friday night with back to back game five deciding playoff games. This week's low light is TCU, Texas Christian University, apparently joining the Big Twelve and leaving the Big East before ever playing as much as a down in that conference. Uh, This brings the conference jumping that we've been experiencing for the last couple of years, but obviously in recent weeks it's just uh, risen to a new level. But it brings the conference jumping to a new low when when you can basically commit to a conference, never play a game, and then decommit to join another conference. the world of college football and conferences in general is truly turning upside down, and uh, I just thought that this example was uh, a, a clear low light of the week. So we'll see what develops, but it looks pretty uh, pretty sure that it's going to turn out that way. And I was at Big East Football Media Day in Rhode Island back in August, and 
very impressed with everything having to do with the Big East and how they staged it and uh, treated the media. And uh, here's hoping that the Big East uh, can put a plan together to, uh, you know, to stay relevant going forward. Uh, sounds like they have some schools they're interested in attending or uh, inviting to the conference. My bizarre sports story of the week is uh, the ESPN and Hank Williams parting ways on Monday Night Football, apparently bringing end, an end to the iconic Are You Ready for Some Football song to open the show. Just further evidence that we live in a PC world where the wrong we mark can be very, very costly. So I'll get to my events of the week that I attended, which were the Sports Business Journal Sports Marketing Symposium and the Bruins Media Day. And I'm going to do the Bruins in segments two and three, but we'll start with uh, the sports marketing event now. So many hundreds of sports types attended uh, the symposium down in New York City at a hotel. And it was truly, uh, they all went to hear a, a who's who of the sports world, ranging from leagues and teams to sponsors and manufacturers. Uh, the hot topics of the day were social media and fan engagement. Uh, social media is just absolutely dominant, and it was just uh, a consensus by all the presenters there and throughout the Q&A that, uh, you know, that fan engagement is, is the key to everything going on in sports these days. Uh, there was a representative from British Airways spoke a lot about the London Olympics, which are already being referred to as the social games. They're, of course, a little less than a year away in August 2012, and uh, that's shaping up to be a very, very special event. And another hot topic looking out on the horizon was uh, the country of Brazil, since they are preparing to host the 2014 World Cup and the 2016 Olympics. So Brazil's going to be the place today as we, uh, to be as we get midway through this decade and should be a fascinating uh, situation just to watch them prepare their infrastructure to make sure everything is ready, a la South Africa hosting the World Cup uh, most recently. Uh, some of the panels that I attended, uh, you know, was one on the ever-growing influence of the Hispanic markets in the sports world. There was a presenter from Major League Soccer uh, who had an interesting comment on uh, MLS as America's most divorced sports league with employees from 60 countries working for Major League Soccer, which is just simply incredible. Um, there was also another fascinating panel I attended on Colleges where they talked about uh, the fact that there are 172 million college sports fans. And that's why we're seeing all the craziness we're seeing with the growing markets, conference jumping, TV contracts, the Longhorn Network, and everything else. Uh, and one of the speakers uh, was Larry Scott, commissioner of the Pac-12, who is an absolute major player in all that's happening in conference realignment and he was just uh, fascinating to listen to uh, and you know the discussion covered many many topics but uh, you know one of them was uh, you, you know just talking comparing the NCAA rules to practically uh, that of the SEC and not the conference the Securities and Exchange Commission and the way they've gone about their business, which is in many ways, uh, it's like they're 
as one analogy put it, it's like they're uh, they're getting the jaywalkers while the serial serial killers are walking. So that was uh, you know pretty interesting comment. And uh, another panel that I attended was uh, with Under Armour, fascinating company based in Baltimore, and they talked about how it took them 15 years to reach one billion in revenue, which they have done. And of course, a hot topic was uh, uh, going back to the first college game of the year this year in football when Maryland unveiled those new uniforms, courtesy of Under Armour, which of course were the uh, the Maryland state flag, basically. And it was just an explosion that night on Twitter and Facebook and instantaneous. It like literally captured the country where uh, people were tuning in just to see the unis. Uh, I've already kind of covered that. I was a big fan of the unis. And, uh, and you know, I, I think it's great. And I like Oregon's uniforms. And so I'm a big, uh, again, proponent of all the... Uh, special things they're doing with uniforms these days, particularly in college football. Uh, Under Armour also, also showed uh, just a fascinating video of Tom Brady meeting Cam Newton. And it was, you know, kind of raw, unedited footage. Raw, not in a bad way, but just unedited. And it was just wonderful to see, you know, these two guys at the top of their game, Cam Newton coming off a uh, college football national championship, Tom Brady being Tom Brady. And just to see, you know, literally uh, the cameras were filming at the precise moment that they met and, you know, it showed their conversation. And it was really uh, fascinating stuff that will probably make its way to the general consumer in, uh, in the short term. And it will be, I'm sure, when it does, uh, fascinating viewing. I think they're filming a commercial together. And uh, so that should be good stuff to watch for. So, again, it's just a first-class conference uh, hosted by Sports Business Journal. I've attended many in the past. Uh, you know, World Congress of Sports is probably their marquee event. and uh, But this one was more specialized, uh, you know, with the with the uh, sports marketing being in the spotlight. And again, just a who's who. Uh, I mentioned British Airways, but of course there was, you know, representatives and panelists from the North American Soccer League, uh, good panel on agency executives speaking out, and by that I mean consultants, you know, IMG, CAA, Octagon, and the like, big names in the sports industry that represent various uh, sponsors, athletes, what have you. Um, there was also, you know, a, a great panel on, uh, on lifestyle sports marketing with representatives there from Oakley, P.F. Chang's restaurant, General Mills, uh, as in Wheaties and Speedo as in, uh, swimming and, and Michael Phelps. And, uh, I referenced earlier the Hispanic panel and, uh, in addition to the major league soccer representative, there was someone there from the Yankees. Uh, as well as Coca-Cola North America, Univision, the Spanish television station. That was great. Um, there was also, uh, in addition to Larry Scott uh, from the Pac-12, he was joined by Ben Sutton, Sutton who was uh, president of IMG College. And then Steve Batista from Under Armour was there, as I mentioned, uh, and he was joined by Tom McGovern of... Uh, Optimum Sports. 
So, again, uh, you know, many other uh, panelists were there. There was people from Dove Men Care uh, and their, you know, Unilever and their great, uh, great advertising they've been doing, um, as well as American Express, AEG Global Partnerships, the Baltimore Ravens, Pepsi, and uh, Anheuser-Busch, ESPN, Turner Sports, um, General Motors, NFL, WWE. So as you can uh, gather, it was really quite the gathering of, uh, of sports figures and just a wonderful, wonderful event. And uh, so, again, just covering the hot, hot, hot sports topics of the day. And, uh, and sports marketing has never been hotter. And it's going to be interesting to see where it all goes as, again, social media and fan engagement get bigger and bigger. Well, now, uh, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams, likes to say uh, from outside the huddle, um, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break. And on the other side, we'll be joined by Tom King from the Nashua Telegraph newspaper in New Hampshire, who covers the Bruins and was at the Garden for last night's banner raising. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests joining us. And on the line is Tom King from the Nashua Telegraph newspaper in New Hampshire, who covers the Bruins and was at the Garden for last night's banner raising. Welcome, Tom. How are you doing today? Good, John. How are you? Thanks for having me on. 
Oh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, well, you and I were together at Boston Bruins Media Day this week and got to talking. And uh, once you told me you were going to be at last night's long-awaited, as in 39 years, banner raising, uh, I thought, well, love to have you on the show today and hear everything uh, all about last night. So how was it? Well, it was a great ceremony, the, the, the start of it. I mean, the, the start of the night, the great ceremony. It was uh, very well done. Um, I thought that the, what I didn't expect and what was surprising to me was the uh, the uh, reenactment, basically, of, of uh, kissing the cup for the, each player, holding up the cup for the last time, uh, and then taking a picture with it, almost as if they had just won it. And it was uh, it was very you know great moment. They showed a lot of highlights. Um, they had the '72 team, uh, some members of the '72 team, uh, come out and uh, help them raise the banner. Uh, I just thought, and some of the talks were good. I think very touching moment when uh, they uh, they gave Recky the jacket that they always gave the player of the game uh, last spring during the playoffs. Right, and, I saw that. Uh, it was yeah, that was a good uh, that was a good moment. Uh, Recky said he was really choked up about it and uh, talked about it afterward between the first and second periods. So, um, and that's a guy who I think ought to be coaching in the National Hockey League. I bet he will someday. Uh, but uh, at the same point in time, it was. Uh, you know, the the whole discussion on Tuesday when you and I were there, John, in the media room, in, in the interview room, was uh, or how do you fast forward from that ceremony? How do you just turn the switch, you know, and, and start the new, the new year? And right. the Bruins did a pretty good job of that. In fact, they credited the ceremony with their fast start in the game. They took a one nothing lead. They scored on the power play. They used their speed. They were skating up and down the ice very well. And then after they took that lead, boom, they put the brakes on and uh, just weren't the same team. So while that momentum carried over into the start of the game, I think they ran out of gas. I think they just – there's only so much energy and so much emotion that you can have, and I think they used it all up early on and uh, just weren't the same team after that. Although they did put some pressure on as a – Said to you off the air. I said I think they were like the Yankees. They they left a lot of runners on base uh, last night. Uh, they right. had some they had some good shots. They had some good opportunities. They had as, as Claude Julian said after the game. He said we had some open nets and we missed them. And he was right. Nathan Horton missed an open one. Uh, Marshawn uh, had a great opportunity in the second period and uh, was left shaking his head like a lot of. Uh, Opponents for the Bruins last year were with Tim Thomas. They were shaking their head at uh, uh, Ilya, uh, uh, the Flyers goaltender, and uh, the former Phoenix Coyote, Coyote Ilya Brzezigalov, and he uh, he was sharp with the glove. He was on top of it, and he used his defenseman well. Uh, he only had to make 22 saves to win the game, but at the same time, he had some showstoppers, and they were... Uh, you know, I I I almost wonder if he had been in net last year for Philadelphia, if the if the I definitely know the result wouldn't have been a sweep like it was uh, with the Bruins against the Flyers last year. So, um, but all in all, it was an exciting night of hockey. The only downer was that the Bruins lost the game two to one, and and now uh, now they now they've they're they're vaulted into reality. Now it's uh, a thing of the past, and they have to move on. Yep, the the party is truly over. Uh, it's been a long one, three or four months since they won the cup, and it has been going all all summer long and early fall, as we well know, up in New England. And uh, 
but you know now I th- and I think last night was really an extension of that and again like you said you can only have so much energy for one particular evening uh hey let me just ask you I was curious and I watched it last night on television uh how was it that Andrew Ference was the one to give Mark Recchi that jacket do they have a- it was Ference's jacket Ference brought the jacket in okay it was Ference is the one who started the whole thing Oh, all right. He okay. He the jacket in last spring, and that's why he was the one. But he's also an assistant captain. So, okay. Uh, and, he's a, and he's a good director, and so they, they, Ferris was the guy who was going to do it. Okay. This was all right. Ferris's, well, that's why we have you on, Ferris's, for that kind of background information yeah, that I, I should know, know but I didn't, didn't know. know. I didn't know that either until Recky talked in between periods last night. He said Ferris, is, you know, Ferris brought the jacket in last, last year, and that's how we started it. And uh, oh. uh, so that's, that's why. Ferris okay. has really uh, become a very, very good spokesperson for this hockey team. I mean, he had a great line to me in the media room the other day when he said, uh, he, said I, he said, I can only imagine what it's like to win the World Cup. You celebrate for four years. He said, <laughs> we do it right. We only celebrate for a couple months. That's all you really need. And, uh, uh, and then he, you know, he said last night, he said, he said, who wouldn't want to be part of that ceremony? He said he was honored to be there and be part of Boston sports history. And so Ferris gets it. And, uh, and, he's a good, and he's not a bad player besides. He's not a dynamic player, but he's a steady defenseman. And uh, only made a couple of mistakes last night. And, but at the same time, uh, he's a good player. And, and uh, uh, he's a good uh, locker room presence for that hockey team. And uh, that's why he is uh, sharing the assistant captain role. And, uh, and I think he'll do a good job of it. Yes, well, he's, uh, you know, his stature has been rising, you know, literally game by game. And, you know, he endeared himself to Bruins fans forever when he gave the universal salute up at the uh, Bell Center in Montreal in <laughs> yeah, the playoffs last true. year after no, uh, scoring know, a goal. Know, and, 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 and no, that's, that's no, <laughs> Go ahead. You know, that's Ferris. He doesn't care what he does, you know. I mean, right. but he's very, but he always does the, most of the time he'll do the right thing. Exactly. Yeah, he's very articulate, handsome. Uh, you know, again, he's just more and more becoming one of the faces of the franchise. And, and speaking of the face of the franchise, of course, uh, you know, it's great the way they prayed out the 1972 team and obviously Bobby Orr and many, many other household names, certainly in throughout hockey, but certainly in New England. And, you know, so how was the crowd for the entire ha- half hour ceremony? Uh, up and down in terms of cheering, it just you know they 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 reserved uh, a lot of the ovation for Tim Thomas and for some of the players. Um, and I, one of the loudest cheers came from Cam Neely, you know, for Cam Neely when he spoke and uh, and was introduced. So I <laughs> I just thought uh, uh, and then and then when they uh, the the real loud cheer came, you know, when they showed the the highlight of Game Seven on the on the uh, on the screen and and. Uh, raised the cup, and then when they raised the cup again in the last night, uh, um, it had been very loud during the playoffs, uh, especially when Nathan Horton uh, was introduced on the jumbotron uh, as he as he sat out the rest of the Vancouver series with the concussion, and they showed him he was in the building for Game Six last year, and uh, um, it was almost as loud as that last year uh, last night, but not quite. You know, really? Not, not quite, because I mean, the it's been it's been months. I mean, the emotion and the drama is over, so there isn't that 
little spice added to it, but it was a very loud building last night, and it was loud during the game, and, and uh, fans were entertained, but of course disappointed in the Bruins losing 2-1. to one. Well, exactly, exactly, and uh, yeah, you know, just going back to what we were saying about, you know, the, the four or five month long celebration, of course, one of the biggest, probably the biggest celebrant, shall we say, has been, of course, Brad Marchand, and uh, he showed he was no no worse for the wear because he scored the game's first goal last night. It must have brought the house down. Well, it did. You know, it did, and it was also on a power play, which was always uh, a big <laughs> bone of contention last year, but I think the one thing that fans saw last night when they saw this team come out is the speed that Tyler Sagan has and the savvy on ice savvy. Sagan is going to be a, if he's, if he's not a huge impact player for them this year, then there's something wrong because he's got all the tools and now he's got the confidence and he's got a little bit more size to go with it. He's still young. He's still going to make mistakes. They're still going to have to nurture him along, but he is going to make some plays. And he made a big play with that pass to Marshawn on the, on the power play last night. And his teammates have confidence in him. That's a difference too. I think his teammates have confidence in him this year. He's more part of the team now than he was a year ago. Um, and uh, a year ago, I think, you know, hockey players look at the hot draft choices saying, okay, why are you here? What did you do to earn the right to be here? Because you really ought to be in juniors playing in junior hockey. Um, but uh, but we'll, we'll carry you for a while. Now, I don't think anybody's carrying Sagan this year. I think he's going to do it all himself. Yes, well, I was very impressed seeing him at Media Day on Tuesday where he uh... – you know, he didn't look as young. He definitely looked like he bulked up a bit. He's just growing from a boy into a man, like like we all do. And, uh, yep. you know, I was just very impressed. And, I mean, probably my take-home message from Media Day was simply uh, hearing the media just inquire of practically every player, like getting their thoughts on Tyler Sagan. He was easily he was, yeah, no, on topic easily, of the day on, on media yeah, he day was. no he was and you know it was brought up in the press conference with with, with management as well but uh sagan made such a splash in the playoffs last year that uh, it, was, it would be hard to ignore what he would be doing this this season if he didn't make an improvement it would be a disappointment i think and uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with him um but the bruins uh, and how the bruins adjust their game to what he can do so they're not used to having a player like this uh, on the ice. And uh, if Sagan can really make uh, strides, uh, it's going to be, you know, it, 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 it will be interesting. It's a long year, John. I mean, it really is. They start in early October. They go right. all the way until, I mean, we'll be into the next baseball season before these guys are done with their regular season, believe it or not. So it's a long, long haul. And, uh, and in the playoffs, anything can happen. And, you got to have a lot of things go the right way, and even if they do have a dynamic Tyler Sagan and an improved Tyler Sagan, it still might not be enough, you know, to to get through everything because everything's just got to everything's just got to happen and fall right into place. Yeah, well, to steal an old time bo- uh, baseball term, you know, Tyler Sagan is your classic bonus baby. Remember that term? Yeah, he, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, you know, he's definitely the bonus baby. There's no no question about it, and. uh and a lot more in the spotlight now because of the, of the Stanley Cup championship and some of the things he made last year in the playoffs. Yes, well, his speed and talent are just, you know, so remarkable. And again, he just showed enough last year in the playoffs uh, to really get people excited that, you yeah, know, oh my gosh, uh, what have we got here? We, yeah, we have he showed team. a lot last night to get people excited, too. I think the right. Bruins, uh, you know, I think the Bruins still, you know, they're basically, they're going to go, they're going to be a defensive-oriented team 
they'll uh, you know they'll go as far as their goaltending and as far as their ability to put the puck in the net at crucial times can take them. And that's that's the way that I see this team playing. I mean, they didn't make many changes, and uh, uh, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. I mean, Joe Corvo's going to add a lot. He's I remember him pl- covered him in Manchester when he was played, and he was he's much more of a uh, all around player now than he was back then. Uh, when he was a minor leaguer, and he's, uh, I think he's actually, uh, basically it was a trade, Corvo for Cabrillet, it was two free agent signs, but they basically swapped defensemen, and um, and I think the Bruins got a player who fits them a little bit better than Cabrillet did, so that's an ingredient that we'll have to see, but uh, again, they have to put all the celebration now, it's all done, I think they're relieved it's done, um, and now they, they go forward, and we'll see what happens. And next up is Tampa Bay on Saturday night. Uh, and uh, if I'm a betting man, I would say Tuka Rask will probably be in goal for that. If he's not in goal for that game Saturday, he'll be in goal on Monday afternoon when they play Colorado. They will split the goaltenders up. I think they've got to rest Thomas. Didn't have much rest in the off season. Obviously, it's a shorter off season. They've got to nurture him along. They've got to nurture a few of the older players along. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Claude Julian handles a lot of this. Well, fabulous. Well, that's a great outlook for the season. And uh, on that note, that's going to bring our segment to a close. And, Tom, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to call in and giving us, you know, the -the on-the-scene look, uh, what it was like last night for the Bruins raising their first Stanley Cup championship banner in 39 years. No problem, John. It'll be interesting to see if they have another night like that again in the next couple of years. So It will be exciting, and uh, I feel strongly that I'll be having you, asking you to join the show from time to time and keep us updated on the Stanley Cup champs. All right, John. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. And uh, once again, it's time for our break. And on the other side, we'll have Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the Internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rose has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. 
Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And joining us on the line now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well, John. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for, uh, for joining us, as always. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, I was at Boston Bruins Media Day this past Tuesday, which was a terrific event, first class, started off with a press conference with uh, uh, the owner, Charlie Jacobs, uh, the owner's son, Charlie Jacobs, uh, as well as Coach Claude Julian, uh, General Manager Peter Shirelli, and of course, Cam Neely, and then uh, the players... Uh, we're in a separate room, and we had ample opportunity to conduct interviews with them. So I know you're a hockey guy, Barry, so I'm going to play a few of these sound bites, and when we're done, uh, you and I will take a minute or two and talk about your views on the Bruins and hockey in general. How's that sound? Okay. Great. Terrific. Well, we're going to start off with uh, Coach Claude Julian talking about how the Stanley Cup champs are going to have a target on their back this year. That's, that's been addressed already, uh, and that was part of team building. That was part. That's part of what we talked about this year, and uh, uh, we've been talking about that at length. That we understand that it's going to it's going to be there. It's going to happen. And, uh, uh, certainly, we we've been on the other side and done the same thing. So uh, I don't know how many times I've said this, but 82 times we're going to be facing that kind of a challenge. But it really doesn't matter if in your mind you're comfortable as a team and willing to go out there and, and do the best you can. Uh, that, that's what it's all about. You know, we talk about them up, upping their game and us upping ours, and uh, all it is is about, you know, having that confidence to go out there and, and do those kind of things. And, uh, you know, you can't just go out there worried about the other team's going to bring their best tonight. You just got to be worried about yourself saying, how good are we going to be tonight? How good do we have to be? Let's go out there and be that team, and that should take care of things. So there's Coach Claude Julian, and now we have Cam Neely talking about what it meant to the Boston New England area to win the Stanley Cup last spring. Certainly a long time coming for, for a lot of our fans. We've been fans that have waited 39 years. We've been fans that have waited three years. Um, it's, 
you know, everybody's talking about the Bruins. Uh, the youth hockey community in New England has, has always been fairly strong. I think it's gotten stronger. Um, you know, I think the parade showed what kind of a hockey city this is. Uh, you know, I've seen it for years. I knew it was, it was, it was there. I think, uh, you know, our, our community, the hockey community in Boston, New England, has really deserved this. They've supported the Bruins for, for a lot of years, and they've shown their support the last few years. And, um, you know, it's, it's, for me, it was gratifying that, you know, that this, this team and coaches have were able to accomplish what, what they did uh, you know, to be able to deliver a championship to, to Boston and the Bruins fans. And next we have uh, the emotional leader of the team, Sean Thornton, talking about what it's like to be wearing the ring. That's, that's unfortunate. This is my second one. All I know is when you get that first one, all you want to do is win another one. You win two, and all you want to do is win three. So I think, listen, there'll be times in this season that's going to be down, and I'm sure you guys will jump all over the fact because it's something to write about. But there's ups and downs throughout a whole season. And as long as we keep an even keel and continue to have a, a, a steady climb getting ready for wherever we're going to go. I think that's the most important thing and not, uh, I mean, that's what we were so good at last year, not letting the highs get too high and the lows get too low. So just take a game to game and you get ready for that game and that game only and then move on to the next one. And another one of the team leaders, Patrice Bergeron, had this to say about returning for this year. To a couple of guys that, uh, that's been through it and, uh, you know, they told, always told us to enjoy it during the summer because it's going to come fast and, uh, and once, and once it's there, you get to, you know, make sure you realize that, uh, it's not going to be, uh, uh, given to you. You know, you're going to have to work even harder to, to get to where you were last year. So, uh, which is getting to the playoffs. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, I, I'm aware of, and uh, that's going to be important to uh, to stay uh, focused uh, early on. And Nathan Horton, who won a couple of Game 7s during the playoffs but was injured in the finals against Vancouver, had this to say about the pressure the Bruins are going to face this year. I mean, there's always pressure. I mean, uh, definitely uh, guys have been talking about it, but it hasn't been you know, said too much around here. So, you know, but... Uh, Definitely this pressure, you know, we want to get back to, to the way we were, the way we were playing, and, and uh, you know, hopefully we can carry that carry that over from last year. And Tyler Sagan, the aforementioned bonus baby, who uh, had this to say about completing his rookie season. You're, uh, I think if you're a pro athlete, you know, you're going to be confident, but, you know, coming into last year, uh, you know, just at my age, you know, my first year, um, it took longer than I hoped to adapt and, you know, get that confidence I had in junior, but I feel uh, a lot better. You know, I feel like I have a lot of experience. I mean, you, you go all that way and see all those things, and I was fortunate enough to play in two game sevens in the Stanley Cup and uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, and, you know, that's going to go along with, I think, with my experience and confidence building. And David Krejci, the, leader, the leading scorer in the postseason last year for the entire NHL, had this to say about his offseason. For me, it's a, it's a little different than all the other guys. Because the last two summers, uh, uh, I had injuries, I had to get the surgery done, and then I had to be all, all rehab, so I didn't really have time to enjoy the summer, you know. But this summer, I was, uh, I was healthy, I was, uh, I was able to work out 100%, and um, I still enjoy it. You know, two and a half hours, uh, two and a half months or three months was, uh, was still way more than I, uh, I did last year. And then just... And Milan Lucic had this to say about the first two opponents, the Flyers last night and the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow, both of whom the Bruins vanquished in the playoffs. 
test uh, with getting two, two great teams right off the bat and obviously they're teams that uh, we beat last year in the playoffs and, and that's something that always sticks with you. I remember you know, the team that knocks you out, you always want to get back to them and, and, and beat them in that first game uh, when you play them first in the season. So uh, it'll be a good test for us with, with two elite teams here in the Eastern Conference and, and uh, there's probably no better way to, to get the season off than that. And playoff MVP goalie Tim Thomas had this to say about what's ahead for this year in sharing his goalie duties with Tuka Rask. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't set a strict number or anything like that. I mean, in the in previous years, it seems like right around 55 games is where um, I'm still fresh for the playoffs. Um, but. You know, it, it, it depends on how the season goes. It depends on how the team's playing. If we're, uh, you know, if the team's on a roll and <clears throat> both goalies are winning, then then obviously you can play both goalies. If the team's on a roll and, or excuse me, teams, uh, um, you know, if one goalie's winning and the other goalie isn't, then the goalie that's winning usually plays more, you know. So it depends. It can ebb and flow throughout the whole season, which is why there's no use making a plan for the whole season, you know, because you you might be able to make, like, a five-game plan with goalies where, okay, Tim, you're getting this one, Tuki, you're getting this one, Tim, you're getting this one, Tuki, you're getting this one. But, but if, you go out, if you go beyond five games, even within that five games, 50% of the time the plan's going to change. So uh, you can't go any really longer than that. And lastly, and appropriately, we have team captain Zdeno Chara talking about the Bruins being ready for this season. You know, you try to do your best to get ready for next one, and, and I think that we did. Uh, all of us did a really good job to be ready, and um, so um, you know, it's if you really look at it, it's only four or five weeks. Really, a difference between um, the time we usually have and the time we had this this summer. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we are ready. Well, Barry, we're just down to two minutes here before our break. I'd love your quick thoughts on how you feel the Bruins are ready for the season coming off their Stanley Cup championship. Well, yeah, a couple things jump out from, from those sound bites. One, uh, you know, pretty one of them is kind of obvious, actually. I mean, anytime a team wins, and, you know, Claude Julian said this right off the bat, you're going to have a target on your back, and that's just the way it is. You know, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. Uh, you're not going to surprise anybody. Everybody's going to be out to out to take you down. So that's obviously something that's been working uh, against the Bruins this year. One thing that's going to be working for them, obviously, is the experience of the, really the once-in-a-lifetime experience for a lot of players of going through a Stanley Cup uh, playoff uh, experience and, and winning a cup in the finals. I mean, the, that's, that's something that's just that, that, that's the holy grail. So... Once you have that in your back pocket, knowing you can do it, uh, you know, then you then you have that working for you. And that said, it's very difficult to repeat. Um, and you know, Tim Thomas saying that, uh, you know, you never quite know what what a season is going to bring. You know, you can make all kinds of plans, especially when it comes to goaltenders, because those are the guys that that kind of run hot and cold, and those are the guys that you ride the hot hand. And when somebody gets cold, you look in another direction. So, you know, we may be talking about Thomas or Rask, or who knows who we'll be talking about come. Uh, come the springtime in goal. It's just, that's just the way that works. And uh, the other thing, I believe, was Thornton, who said uh, you know, something about uh, you know, the, the, the media reminding the Bruins about uh, you know, if things right. don't go well. You know, that, 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 to me, that jumps as kind of a red flag. I mean, if you're, if you're, already, if you're already worried about what the media is going to be writing about you in January and the season's just starting, that, that, 
that's that's potentially not a very good sign. So hopefully, uh, hopefully for the Bruins' sake, that that won't become an issue because you know it's the media's job to kind of point things out, as we all know. And uh, you know, if the team isn't playing well, they're going to have to kind of you know man up and deal with it. And uh, you know, like I said, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them, and it's very difficult to repeat. And uh, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they respond to all that. Excellent points all, Barry, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. Obviously, the target was on their back last night as they lost the opening game of the season following their emotional banner-raising last night, Uh, but believe it or not, we're already at our break, so uh, you're going to stick around with me on the other side, I know, Barry, and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The Sports Mavericks Show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks Show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line is Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, we've covered hockey, and now it's time to get to some baseball. And most importantly, uh, given your New York Post location, uh, what were your thoughts on last night's great Yankees Tigers game? It was a, it was a terrific game, and you know it's funny. Uh, sometimes sometimes things work out the way you think they're going to. But the, the one one of the one of the beautiful things about sports, and something we've discussed on the show many times, is that you know it's there's there's no better sports than reality. There's no more reality TV than sports. Is what I meant to say, and it's really so true. I mean, you know, I, I think. After, when you look at the Yankees Tigers series, after the Tigers failed to close out the Yankees in game four, you figure, okay, you know, the Yankees scored 10 runs, all the momentum going back to New York and that atmosphere, and the Tigers have no chance, and the Yankees are going to close this out, already planning ahead for, for the, A- the Yankees going to the ALCS. And what happens? You know, the, 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 you know, the, the Yankees don't come through with the big hit. I mean, all along, all along the, the, the last part of the regular season, even in, into the first round of the playoffs, the big question for the Yankees was, 
can they get the pitching? You know, who's going to pitch game four? How is the rotation going to shake out? What happens if CC can't pitch more than one game? I mean, that's all that was being talked about. You never talked about though. Nobody ever talked about, uh, you know, whether A-Rod's going to get the big hit or whether Teixeira's going to get the big hit or whether Nick Swisher is going to get the big hit. That was kind of a given because of the offense they have. You know, all, all the focus was on the pitching. So what happens in game five? Well, you know, they give up three runs and they score two. They don't come through. And, you know, really, it's like everything was set up just the way the Yankees wanted it. But, you know, when, when your core guys don't come through as they're expected to, as historically at least some of them have, I mean, you know, uh, A-Rod, you know, as, as great a player as he is, he does have that reputation, you know, with the exception of, uh, of 09, of just not coming through in the postseason. Mark Teixeira, terrific player, always during the regular season, an all-star. Um, he he has a, a penchant for not coming through in the regular season. I mean, look at this series. You had Swisher hitting 211. You had Russell Martin hitting 176. Teixeira 167. A Rod 111. And they just could not come through in scoring position and with runners in, runners in scoring position. A Rod 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. So that's really where they fell apart. And you no, know, if you remember last week. Do you remember who I mentioned as a possible X factor to the Tigers coming into the series? Doug Fister. The kid pitched great. Yes. I mean, he pitched very well in Seattle before he was being traded. They just didn't score any runs for him. Now you put him on a team that scores runs, and look what he did. He pitched great last night, pitched, uh, pitched very well in his two games. Um, you know, guy was 3-12 and before the trade from Seattle. He comes over to Detroit. His ERA goes down to 2.36, and he's 9-2. and you know, if that's not a turnaround, I don't know what is. So, you know, hats off to the Tigers. Hats off to Valverde, who, who spoke his mind and who backed it up. And, you know, just a great job by the Tigers and kind of, uh, you know, killing, slaying the beast, as it were. So, uh, you know, it'll be the Tigers and the Rangers and the ALCS. And uh, in the NL, we have two deciding games tonight. And, uh, you know, you almost have to, I think you have to kind of go with the Phillies and, and Brewers and those. We'll probably talk about those in a second. But, um I'm sure there are some uh, a lot of people in New England who are uh, who were very happy with the result last night. I would think. Yeah, it's a little consolation, but I'm That's sure there cool. are. I've seen a few emails floating around today uh, of some happy Red Sox fans. But yeah, that you know Valverde, that Tiger closer. I mean, it's amazing to me. 51 straight saves. That's incredible. Yep. Um, agent, you know, and he, he did talk a little and he backed it up. So, boy, you know, there's nothing tougher maybe in sports than getting that final out at Yankee Stadium, especially in a one run ball game with the season on the line. But he did it. And, and you know, and the Yankees certainly had their chances, though. I mean, how about in the eighth inning when Jeter hits the fly ball to the wall? I mean, didn't, didn't everybody think that was going out? Didn't everybody think the Yankees were going to take the lead and hand the ball off to Mariano in the ninth inning? And, you know, that's, that's what the normal script would be. But, you know, as we know, uh, the things change, and, you know, uh, truth is stranger than fiction. So uh, it didn't work out for the Yankees this time. And, uh, you know, hats off to the Tigers. They deserve it. They do deserve it. Now, what are your thoughts about uh, tonight's games? I think that, you know, I'll, I'll still stick with the Phillies. I think, I think the Phillies are the best team in baseball, and I think they're, 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 uh, their pitching is, is going to carry them. Now, you know, there are a couple other intangibles here, too. You know, we're looking at what could possibly be uh, Albert Pujols' last game as a Cardinal. Uh, so, you know, uh, the Cardinals, you know, have, have gotten to the Phillies a little bit during this series. So, you know, listen, anytime you get down to one game, anything can happen. I mean, we can 
sit here all we want and say, well, you know, the, 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 well, the Phillies should win. I mean, logically, we can say, yeah, the Phillies should win because they have the pitching and they're time testing. You got Halliday on the mound. I mean, that's that. If you're the Phillies, that's the situation you want, right? I mean, you want Roy Halliday pitching an exciting game for you, but you never know what's going to happen, you know. And uh, as far as the other series goes. You know, I think that the uh, you know you almost have, you have to favor the Brewers, and I think the Brewers are the better team. But again, you know, uh, you know the Diamondbacks have played well in this series as well, and uh, you know they've surprised a few people. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be totally shocking if we had a Cardinals Diamondbacks uh, NLCS? But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the uh, with the Phillies and the Brewers. And I agree, I agree. And of course, the Cardinals uh, would. Uh, they've got their guy on the mound too, and Chris Carpenter. So, and he and Halliday right. are friends. So, it's you know pretty good storyline. Former teammates, I believe, and uh, yeah. So, I, I think that's going to be great. And I love watching games from Philadelphia. Uh, you know, I've been to Citizens Ballpark for a game or two, and you know, Philly baseball's just taken over that city the last couple of years, and they are just so so into it. I mean, it's like sort of the city's identity and which is saying something given the Eagles and but uh they have jumped on the bandwagon big time here in the last few years and uh so that place is going to be beyond energized and, and as will of course Miller Park I believe the Brewers have the best home record in baseball so they're 57 and 22 or something like that mm-hmm. so they're going to be just uh off the charts so it's going to be really too fun highly energized games tonight back to back on a friday night uh the open columbus day weekend I, I think it's just as good as it gets yeah i agree and you know it's funny you, you mentioned that the uh the phillies uh you know kind of uh you know take, taken the town the past couple of years i would venture that they've taken control of the town in the last three weeks after uh the, the start the eagles have gotten off to so that's Correct. another issue there but um yeah if you're if you're a philly sports fan you, you got to be pretty much Hanging your hat on the uh, on the Phillies right now, I would think, and then just uh, you know looking forward to hockey season because probably isn't going to be a basketball season, and uh, the aforementioned dream team is really kind of started out as a nightmare. So uh, you know, it, uh, yeah, it's definitely a Philadelphia Phillies town, right, right for the Phillies right now, absolutely. Yep, I got the feeling we're going to see a lot of white towels waving tonight. No question yep. about it. But, uh, you know, just quickly before we come to our close, and we're now under two minutes, uh, my, in addition to obviously the baseball playoff games, especially tonight, uh, the, uh, my other appointment viewing uh, item of the week, uh, weekend is, of course, Patriots-Jets up at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Uh, should be a good one. What are they saying in New York about that one? Well, it's funny. I mean, there's been a lot of... Uh... A lot of people are down on the Jets. Uh, you know, the Ravens just totally dismantled them last week, and you know, uh, you know, I, I think, I think that people are starting to tire of uh, of Rex Ryan and, and his and his chattering and his constant chirping. Um, even in New York, you know, it's gotten to the point where you know, forget the Super Bowl, just just win a game. You know, how about that? But um, you know, it's funny. You know, as 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 we've talked about already a couple of times during this show. Things don't always turn out the way you think they're going to. I mean, you would think that, you know, uh, the Jets walking, in, walking into uh, Gillette Stadium, and the, uh, you, you would think the, the Patriots would be drooling, just waiting for them, you know, to hang a 42-3 you know, to three on them. I don't really see that happening. I think, I think the Patriots probably will win, but you know what? I'm going to predict a very close, very tight, very well-played game on both sides because you don't need either side to get riled up. For, for this, and this is one of the better rivalries we have in the NFL right now. So 
I would expect the Jets to to uh, account themselves very well. I would expect the Patriots to do the same. I, I don't think we're going to see a blowout. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I'm going to say the Patriots by field goal, four points, five points. It's going to be close. It's going to be a good game. will not be a blowout, but Patriots will win. And I agree with you. I just think it's, you know, after the blowout of last year, the Patriots murdered the Jets on a Monday night game. And then, of course, the Jets come back and dismantled the Patriots in the playoffs, shocking everybody. And then uh, I think tomorrow, or Sunday, excuse me, returns kind of to normal. Two good teams playing a good football game. Right. And, of course, number 31, Antonio Cromartie, has already uh, spoken out against Brady, as he did last year, and saying he welcomes Brady throwing his way, uh, knowing that he might be avoiding Darrell Revis, of course, as everybody does. And uh, so I think it's just going to be uh, great theater. Brady will find number 31 on the field, I'm sure. And uh, and I, I just think it's turned into, you know, just, again, a tremendous rivalry and with that said, Barry, I'm afraid we, uh, we've got finished off another show here. I want to thank you again, as always, for calling in, giving us your perspective. So valuable, especially today with New York teams in the news. And, uh, again, always appreciate it. And thanks again for calling in. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. All right. And with that said, uh, we're going to close the show. And... Look forward to next week when uh, we'll do it all again at 1 p.m. next Friday on All Around Sports. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.